Everybody's recording, right? Yes. <laughs> it's real now. I'm Anna. recording. Yes, 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 it's real. I can see waves on my screen, okay. so it must be recording. So that's good. Waves are waves, waves are, are our good. friends. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> mics. I'm not sure today. We're having some issues with the mics. No, mics don't like us. Yeah. yeah. Hi, I'm Noah Tamil. And I'm Raz Shuti. Hello, I'm Alas Oran. All right, so what are, what are we talking about this lovely day? About home office? No. No. <laughs> no, not this time. <laughs> we already have Actually, that. the complete yes. opposite, I think, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we all miss our offices a little bit, and we've decided to use this time when we're all doing home office to talk about how we feel about working at the office. Right. Basically, yeah, my, my passion hate project. Mm, <laughs> yes. Talking about the concept of... Even though I'm not a fan of home office, I hate open office and I really want to share my, my yes, hatred. We do love to it. hate it. You always say you learn yes. not to hate it, but I'm, I'm very curious to hear what you mean by that. But we will get to it, I guess. I'm happy to share. <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> okay, so maybe uh, just a, a quick go around. Before uh, this home office adventure started, were you working currently in your job in an open office? I am. Um, I mean, it's been only, it was only like two or three weeks in my, into my new job before we went yeah. into home office, but it was an open plan office, yes. Okay. Yep. And Raz? Yes. Um, most of my career, actually. Currently, at our current Delivery Hero office, um, we have basically like a very big hallway that is completely open. Yeah. I call those like the train stations. <laughs> yes. <Indeed. laughs> when yes. it's like a track. Exactly. <laughs> and you can yeah. see all the way to the end. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. With people waiting on the sides. Huh? Yeah. And you, Noah? Yeah. My, my, just before uh, this, I mean, I've, uh, the main client, I've been going to their offices. It's not my office. Um, it wasn't actually an open office. We had, they have like team rooms. Mm. Um, they're small, small startups. And so it's kind of like, you know, more like an apartment building that we're using the apartment rooms as office space and it feels really nice and smaller. So yeah, was was a nice change. Before that, I've worked a lot. Uh, I think, again, most of my career in an open office of some sort. I'm kind of curious. I, I mean, I also love to hate it, I have to say. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a real pleasure to complain about how much this is inappropriate for my productivity. And I think it's good for today's episode that at least someone likes it <laughs> a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't say I hate it. I mean, I've been working working with different set, like different kind of plans. Uh, there's been open plan offices that are big, and I've also been in smaller rooms, like really tiny rooms where like only four people fit. It was like kind of sub team level, and there was like something something in the middle, like the whole product team, for instance, in a big room where like 20 people fit together and sit together. Each had definitely like advantages and disadvantages. But uh, on a personal level, I do like people around. I mean, I will, I will concede there are some advantages I can recognize right. and name them. But for me, the disadvantages are bigger. I think maybe I'd like before we jump into um, what we each like about it ourselves. Open plan office have been around for us most of our careers, um, but they are relatively new as far as, as, as the history of people working in offices. I even asked my parents if they remember the transitions mm -hmm. of in the move into, because my dad used to work in IBM, 70s and 80s, and he really remembers the move from, from different building into this one huge big building. And, and the talks before that, uh, the company talks and preparing everybody to working in open office and the switch to it. I think that's probably the period around when 
when most companies end up moving to open off plan office is around the 80s 70s or 80s though though having watched Mad Men it looks there like the you know the, all the secretaries were in a pool so maybe it wasn't for maybe for some people it was before like but that I can't really tell well, so that's quite long I mean I would have not expected it that that it, it has started that long ago yeah. yeah and a little bit more about the background so I, I think uh, like I said I think if, as far as I know and please uh, jump in if you know more a lot of it was about moving into these big um, high-rise buildings and uh, figuring out how to get light and what do you do with all the rooms in between that don't have windows and for a while it was cubicles was a way to to do to split it into smaller private rooms um, so which is like semi-open so if you stand up it's open but if you sit down it doesn't seem like it um, that was a, a big phase as well and I even remember having worked early in my career in a really big industrial um, space that we we sat there we, they were just tearing down the cubicles like a month oh. after I joined I actually worked in cubicles wow um, when I started it was in cubicles so that that was also a thing and I think a lot of it is really oh, what do you do with all the in-between space right um, what do you do with uh, with people who can't have a window how do you get like how do you get light and a lot of it also has to do with thinking how do people work productively in that environment because if you don't have enough natural light you would also be uh, less you would be sleepier you would find it harder to concentrate so it was really it was really how do you get it was people to work well in an environment where not everybody's going to be next to a window mm-hmm. um, as far as I'm I'm aware but I'm, I've also heard different things and I don't know how many of these are like you know post retelling rationalization yeah. of it it's for everybody to work together and to have great communication and everything right. um, so I've heard that as well but I have a feeling I've heard that more from people our age and less from my parents that's right that's the story I always hear like uh, about collaboration like increasing collaboration I, mean, I think this was the in uh, probably as you said in our age in our generation kind of we heard that's this selling point probably because it was more trendy it's like okay we, we are working in agile teams so that's what we cared about we wanted to collaborate we wanted to be agile we wanted to be we didn't want walls between each other we wanted to kind of be transparent we wanted to just work together at all times when we need to without all this kind of bureaucracy perhaps yeah and i think one a big shift that was especially back then and i again i'm probably probably wasn't true for really senior executives and in, in big corporations um, they still probably got the corner office and they did their experience wasn't changed but I think for the a lot of employees that were uh, before in in small rooms um, or or cubicles I think that one of the big changes was that suddenly the employees were at the windows right it's like the meeting rooms became in the center uh, those were the ones you could uh, what we now know how to book electronically by the time you probably had to schedule it or figure out mm-hmm. how to book it um, but it, it, it did do a big shift as far as who who you know window a window office used to be a very prestigious thing and suddenly we had these trains and everybody around going around uh on the edge of the building and having uh having the natural light next to them so i think in, in that sense i can imagine how originally it also had some very good impact for for people who, who didn't have this kind of atmosphere this is really interesting argument uh, for the thing which I guess works up to a certain size I mean if the room goes bigger bigger than certain size it doesn't matter if you have walls or not the the people in the center will not get that much of natural light I mean they will get some but mm-hmm. it won't be like a sitting closer to the window yeah. or anything but uh, if you have a smaller sized kind of room that everybody gets a similar feeling that that actually makes more sense 
Yeah, and uh, they really kind of replaced one problem with another, even from an, from the architectural side of it, where they more people got to have light, mm. but noise became a really big yeah. thing because you used to have a much quieter environment, um, and suddenly with these like train stations, <laughs> noise becomes a thing you need to manage more than light right. at the moment. For me, it's even more like um, what I see. So we have a lot of pollution in in, in our viewpoint now, right? Mm. Because technically noise in t- today's world, you can kind of figure out. My biggest struggle is the constant like eye noise that I have. Like I see people moving around, yeah. people bouncing, people joking, even though I have uh, headphones on. I, I just want, I literally sometimes just want to just put something on my eyes and just like put my, my fingers in my ears and just look and hear nothing. That's why I hate it. All. And that's a little <laughs> bit of the irony of this, right? That they're like, uh, they're like, when they tell us that this is all for collaboration and communication, and then every person who joins now in a, in a big tech company, uh, you know, gets the headphone set together yeah. with their with their desk, right? Because yep. <laughs> they're, they're kind of aware that they haven't, we haven't managed to normalize or to socialize a way to work quietly. I have worked in companies in areas where in some offices, people were much better about keeping it quiet. And like, would it would be kind of, it feels inappropriate to have a small conversation. Mm-hmm. next to in an open space and like to mm. to walk over to someone and chat would be we would walk over and say hey come talk to me and and you'd leave the open space mm. uh, and now even more with uh, with like chat tools and things like that you don't even have that right. you just you know, let's meet somewhere else and we have alternative spaces yeah. actually this is like the right moment i think to 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 mention the uh, key finding of the harvard study which says like actually uh, <laughs> after i mean they studied the the uh, many companies of the big uh, 500 fortune Apparently, 70% of face-to-face communication dropped after transitioning into open plan offices, which goes kind of against of the intuition of like more collaboration. You would imagine that intuitively, if we want to collaborate more, we want to talk to each other more face-to-face. Mm-hmm. And apparently, that didn't happen. It was quite the opposite. And they go into details trying to kind of reason about other findings that are related to this and... One of the most interesting ones I, he- I read was how people actually end up kind of building what you would call a fourth wall, like imaginary fourth wall, to kind of preserve the previously uh, uh, what they previously had as a freedom of interaction or choice of interaction. Like when do they decide to actually start talking to someone else? Uh, when this with the open plan office, it kind of maybe in the beginning we started. Uh, having more eye contact, and then you would you wouldn't know exactly uh, how to deal with the situation, as you mentioned, Russ. I think this is really the visual noise is very tricky to manage. I mean, we we learn how to manage it eventually. That oh, if I'm having eye contact with someone, but I don't want to start a conversation now, and they seem to want to, then I end up uh, doing either like pretending that I'm too deep in some task that I'm doing, and then I kind of <laughs> shed away from the eye contact immediately or uh, try to kind of uh, uh, perhaps even give an expression. It seems like that's another thing that people started doing, give certain expressions or develop certain expressions of visual communication that are like from a distance, you could tell someone how, somehow that, oh, I don't, uh, now I'm not, it's not a good time to talk or anything. And I think I kind of experienced that too. I think I also heard a lot about this imagining fourth wall and I think I've had that experience as well, but only when I actually had three walls because I've also worked, like I said, in this train station where you have nothing, like you have some plans around, Mm. 
luckily when I was in that situation, we were in a company that had one of these like really modern, you know, what you read about Google offices and Facebook offices. We had one of those amazing offices. King has like some of the best design offices and we had a lot of alternative spaces and I would end up doing most of my alone work there and I would be in the open space if I didn't need to concentrate and in one of our alternative spaces Mm. if I did. I felt like these alternative spaces were designed fantastically. Like they were really thought out to give you different experiences. But then it was always a bit of a weirdness for me that where my actual desk is, where I'm supposed to be sitting, didn't have that. It was a really kind of a dissonance between the where where I'm where I'm assigned a seat and all of these alternative. And it was like, how how do you understand that we need all these? So maybe you need to ask me what kind of experience I need and have enough of a different type of experience areas, mm. but so that people can sit there. But it it does require, and I think also in the beginning it's very hard. And when you when you join, if you if you're pairing with someone, if you need to be close to other people, or or and if so, if they're not there, it's a problem. If they're disappearing to other spaces. And if they are there and you just can't do your best work when you're starting and you're, you're, it's not a good environment for you, then I'm just like concerned for how can you understand so much about the different alternative needs that we have and yet provide us with the, with the normal, the, like the generic solution. It's just so poor right. for, for meeting our needs. Right. Totally agree. <laughs> it's it's yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a battle between uh, figuring out whether like you can have a general solution that satisfies everybody, or you wanna go all the way the opposite way, yeah. like giving everybody the choice of what what they really want, what what works best for them. Yeah. And I think it's hard. I mean, it's uh, I can imagine for a big company that have hundreds of people, not to say like the bigger ones, uh, it already becomes difficult to allow everybody to to kind of have their own choices, right? Uh, which might not be true, actually. If you th- if you take all the costs, like one other one of the other findings from the Harvard study is that it is true that because one of the argu- previous arguments, I guess, for the open plan offices from some architects that it may reduce costs of of like planning and building and all that. Mm-hmm. But it we the, the study also finds that it increases the cost of productivity so much in case people need this isolation or focus time uh, because the interruptions are so costly that you might have cut some costs perhaps on building but you uh, damaged your 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 efficiency or productivity which means you raised your costs of production right you you might think maybe if you maybe we consider all costs uh, <laughs> taken <laughs> or included, then yeah. maybe it is still not that costly if you try to afford more choices for for teams and people, which I usually lean towards as well. well and I can say at least, I mean, our offices were not cheap. Like I don't think they were <laughs> saving. Costs. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like very luxurious spaces no, yeah. with like you know digital forests and like ama- amazing experiences yeah. uh, that that are very really special. Um, so I, d- I don't think in that case it was a it was a costing. It is interesting uh, again g- going back to what uh, my dad was telling me is that one of his, one of the things he liked about it was um, before they were in three different separate buildings and suddenly they were all in a single building and so and that's going back to proximity, which I do think is a big thing. Mm. And I think at least yes. I at work talk a lot about the teams that I need to work with more. If we're on a different floor, we have a different level of productivity yes. and collaboration. Um, and that is still something that I think like I still th- thought a lot about as a manager. 
like how much space how much distance there is between the team and not so much if there are walls yeah. but like physical how easy it is it to walk over there um and how easy is it to have lunch together because even if you're going to be working separately like socializing yeah. having having it easy where when you're on separate floors i just it seemed like so far away i mean and i can't imagine <laughs> what it'd be in separate your, buildings your father and you uh with this uh, <laughs> analysis yeah. got it so right i think the data backs you up and uh, because that's one of the key findings of the harvard study too when they say like proximity is matters a lot no matter whether you have open plan offices or not if there is a, a larger the larger the proximity is the less the the uh, interaction is regardless of the plan yeah. that was like one of the finding bo and, and when when they compared the control group or the previous period period and after yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree, yeah. So I, I guess because we were kind of talking about all the pluses, minuses, we talked a bit about mm -hmm. our experiences. What, like in our experience, has actually worked? What was a good setup? Because I think there is, I understand completely fine proximity works, right? Mm -hmm. Light works, we, we kind of, we need that. What, what in our experience worked better? Did we feel anything that is not just an open space, like the train station that Noah mm. kind of mentioned, but more, was there any in-between solution that was better? So I, I really like team spaces or even even if it's several teams together, but re related team spaces mm. where where you also give the team a lot of decision about like, we want a sofa here and we want a whiteboard mm -hmm. there and, and things that we can move around and, and deal with. And it comes always with a team agreement of how, how we're going to be using our space. So it's fine to sit in the sofa for chats when you want to pair for a bit or, or ask someone for advice, even if it's in the same room where everybody's working or not, or the sofa is for like, because you want to feel comfortable sitting on a sofa for a bit and not just at your desk or change change around but it's not for it's not a talking space mm. and it also helps to have a smaller groups decide on what the space is for and isn't for and it also just reduces the level of noise and and like i said in this kind of movement uh, that Raz was saying as well um that just distractions how many things are going around you that just like pull you out mm. but I, I also we were working in teams where we were also writing code we were doing analysis and so it fit it fit our work profile and i can totally imagine that the accounting team in the room next to us had a different choice and the product manager's room and the designer's rooms were very different and had different agreements around them yeah. and so i do feel like finding something in between when there's some walls there's some spaces and deciding which who shares them and how is very useful but again going back and i, I, I sometimes i feel like a broken record on this podcast like it's about <laughs> communication it's about how we talk to each other it's about how we agree it's about uh, you know revealing and sharing to each other what our needs are and finding finding what works best and so it works best when you work well with others right it's about the people inhabiting the space right. more than anything else for me my experience also from from my career um open open team spaces is actually one of the best solutions uh, i still i will share my best solution and this is the probably the one that people will crucify me for. <laughs> but one of my best solutions is the open team space because it kind of gives you all the benefits and it reduces at least at some level the, the, the downsides. Yeah. And also, even if it's like logic we've added later, it improves on communication and all those things with, with the train station situation, it's not. But with an open team space, it kind of does. If it's a small team and there is an agreement of being quiet and then there is also the ability to, to speak, if people, for example, like me, are a bit more sensitive to, to like, uh, like what's going on in our surroundings, they can actually have maybe a, a setup where they can place their, their desk in front of a wall. So you can kind of play with it because it gives you more, it's more dynamic. But I want to ask you a question. How do you feel about cubicles? Because in my opinion, 
it's a lost art form that for some reason <laughs> people don't want to go back to because it has a bad reputation yeah but it's kind of great I, I, I will tell you right away what, how I feel about it I think I would love to have a cubicle space to move into for like two three hours per day at least you know I mean I might not be really in favor of like sitting in a cubicle all the time I would love the flexibility but having those kind of small spaces where I can just go in the room, isolate myself as much as possible from interruptions because I need to focus on something. I need to get to deep work or flow, whatever zone, whatever people call it, for better or worse. I mean, there is arguments there whether uh, for, for it and against it so far. But I feel sometimes, personally, I need that focus depending on what task I'm doing. And cubicles would be amazing solution for that. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I mean, every time I picked an alternative workspace, I picked... I picked one of the cubicle-ish mm. things, right? These kind of like um, nukes, nukes. What's the word? Yeah. Nukes, yeah. yeah. Like a little nuke. We had lots of little nukes in the office names, where, you right? could, where it was. <laughs> yeah, well, everything had names. <laughs> um, and th I mean, th that's where I go and feel comfortable. Um, and, and again, an alternative for, for maybe companies just to put the idea out there. If you can't afford to build the most extravagant office uh, environment, what I did in other places, let, let team members decide that half a day they're going to work from home, that they're going to come in a few hours later because they want to finish the code assignment if they have a quiet space if they feel more comfortable in a different environment then that's another way to do alternative without a lot of cost maybe yeah but letting people know that if they can't be productive in a specific task in our environment then what is an environment what what mm -hmm. is an alternative that you can use mm -hmm. for that task and i can also say that as a as a manager i didn't um i usually didn't keep a desk <laughs> so everything yeah, right. I did was about being in communication and if I was sitting down to do something I would prefer an alternative space anyway and not a desk where everybody's around me because this is now what I need to focus on so I just gave up my desk and it was another place where people if they just wanted to switch or sit next to someone else could, could use I like a lot about the ideas about cubicles for definitely for when I do need to concentrate that would be like better that said I I also love and thrive on on seeing my team yep. and interacting with them. And that's kind of why I picked for my idea like the team rooms, but I do think cubicles needs to be an option that's available. Like yes. it's a, a way to sit by yourself for a bit. So maybe there should be like a big room that has cubicles in it where if you can't do a very designed space and maybe just have some place where people and lots of nooks, we've seen telephone booths and, and all sorts of things that people just put into rim. Sometimes you need to have a private call in the middle of the, of the workday and just feeling like you have no privacy at all seems like a really weird thing to cause people to have it work to me right yeah totally the privacy thing i think is is also interesting and is important to me uh, sometimes i i, yeah. I kind of don't like it that uh, all the time everybody can look at my screen regardless of what i'm doing like sometimes just the feeling that there are eyes looking at what you're doing at all times yeah being watched yeah right i mean i think it brings up something inside us that is built in we can't really control it that much which is like being more alert in this case like okay you're being you're being watched i mean you can't help it and you will be uh, a little more anxious maybe <laughs> to put it maybe yeah. a bit exaggerated but i mean yeah it, it could affect your productivity even an individual level even if you're not communicating with anyone or just focusing on your screen still just that the feeling that everything is exposed about what you're doing can be yeah. counterproductive yeah and this is also comes from the perspective of people who are working at a healthy work environment mm. i think we need to remember that those open spaces where you have for example we had an episode about good manager bad manager mm -hmm. if you have a bad manager a micromanager a person mm. that actually Dear. keeps track on you 
this becomes a living nightmare. It actually becomes abusive just by the settings yep. of where you're sitting, right? Right. So having privacy is super important, especially in places where people are not comfortable, especially where you work with people who are, um, I don't know, I wouldn't say abusive, but just too possess- possessive a bit or, or like tracking you or micromanaging you. Mm-hmm. It's really, really hard. And I think if we need to find something that works for, for most, because that's that's co-located situation anyhow, right? Otherwise, you work from home, you create your own environment. Yep. I think cubicles are the solution that to fit most of most of the things. It kind of brings all the benefits. You can stand up and still talk above those those cubicles because it gives you this very specific uh, kind of space, but like in privacy, but not all of it. You can still stand and, and try to find someone in your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of communicate. I think as a person who worked in cubicles, which was like a long time ago, <laughs> I miss it till today. So here, I have a question for you about that. I have always been wondering about that. Um, there are two things. First of all, is, and I've seen this also in open spaces when people can see you. Some people, I've seen this a lot in developers, but definitely not only, talk to themselves as they work. Mm-hmm. I think if you're in a cubicle and you feel like you're by yourself, you'll have more of that happening around you. And I still need to wear headphones because people just end up talking to themselves. Mm. So... That's that's my first question. It's like, how do you deal with that? Like, if people feel more alone, they also maybe behave in a way that they wouldn't behave considering that they're not actually alone. Well, I think, uh, as you mentioned, Raz, before, the, the, the noise, the uh, audible noise, let's say, uh, mm. is a problem of both open plan and, in this case, a little bit of a problem here, which we have, we need to manage uh, anyway. But then it al- already reduces the visual noise. But what do you do about light? Mm. Is it all just top, you know, really clear, really harsh light? I'm sure you can do the cubicles with like hanging plants because the yeah. idea is the more natural it is, the healthier it is for us. Um, but the more divisions you have, the less light you have. Right. That's possibly the original problem. Mm. What happens to the people in the cubicles further away from the windows? That's the thing. It's like a Swiss army knife, right? Like you get, yes. meh, it's like a meh solution for everything, but it kind of improves everything. So I think it kind of, mm-hmm. yes, I actually sat in a cubicle in the middle. I didn't have a whole lot of natural light, but I still had some. It came a bit from above, and uh, there was a really nice setup. At least we had a really good like um, interior design for the cubicle. So we had plants, and we had um, like a lot of indirect lights. Um, so we had a lot of things like that that actually made it a bit better. And also, it was a bit of a, like industrial design. We got like nice kind of atmosphere. It it had a, a good view so you can actually invest time to make it look nice but yes i didn't have a whole lot of natural light and i I had natural light for like four hours a day again it's not a perfect solution i think if we've tried to find something that fits all those things and doesn't Mm. like try to reinvent the wheel here but also fits people who are in specific work situations that are a bit more i don't know micromanaged and people who want privacy people who want to have less visual noise yeah it kind of solves it if you want a bit more light then it solves that uh, as against to the old plans so it kind of brings everything from everything. I think it's kind of great. I really do. I mean, I would take that over something else. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely averse to it. But I think my favorite solution that I've heard from a friend who's also a freelancer. And so we as freelancers, we get to go into lots of offices and see different <laughs> solutions. Um, so I asked f- a few friends if they've seen anything new recently. And her best experience was, um, and I don't remember which company it is, but it was, uh, it was the entire floor was open. But it was as if they converted an existing floor with rooms into an open space. And what they did is they removed the fourth wall 
of all the rooms. Mm. So all the teams were, were sitting in three walled rooms and you could put your whiteboard if you were going to do a meeting for a chat between you, you could, or you wanted to mm. close it up even for no reason, just because you feel like nicer when it's closer. So you could put like your whiteboards on your fourth wall to kind of make it more closed. But in general, you'd walk, it's still, so it took the, on the one hand, if you go through the hallway, it's, it is the train, but it's a train of three walled rooms. But uh, I guess it also depends on the architecture of the building. So it can't be very deep in because otherwise you again don't have light. But that that way they kind of made sure that um, everybody kind of has a, a window and two walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was team team based. Uh, but again, I don't know when that with this really big office spaces. So we usually had a lot of the meeting rooms be in the middle. And, and then th- those were the like windowless rooms um, and most people sitting on on the sides and then just divvying up a bit, dividing a bit the spaces. So one of the things that I saw as well at King that was really great was they could have made it into a complete open uh, train track, but every side had every few spaces a meeting room popping up. So that created a wall, which was also great for whiteboards. So you had you could hang things on the walls and it was just kind of misaligned between the two sides. So at least when you, while you were sitting down, you had a bit of a smaller space in the entire mm. track. But if you're walking the hallway, you can see the entire thing. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, uh, at the end, probably any plan or solution or set of different solutions that you put together so that you give more choice and like say imagine it as a hybrid solution where people can choose or change between different spaces depending on what they are working on is probably a good thing I think and then in my experience I would also agree a lot that setting up teams together that work together uh, closer for the proximity is another key thing so if you do these two like team together closer to each other proximity for teams and then you allow for hybrid kind of setup where you can if you want uh, to focus you can just find yourself a smaller room or a cubicle or whatever for two or three hours and if you prefer to be in a more open plan office then there are like bigger rooms or maybe there is just a lounge or whatever depending on in which mood you are and what you need in that moment like a a, maybe a need in the background some random noise going on that on a distance because i'm just maybe not in the mood for being all isolated this task maybe is a bit uh, boring and I need something going on (laughs) around it just to be like more motivated to finish it so yeah I I think these are my two kind of thoughts like key thoughts around like how to manage the situation yeah so I think so far we've we've mentioned uh, the entire floor open Hmm. this this uh, train track that I've been talking about a train station we talked about team rooms we talked about semi-open spaces Um, we talked about about cubicles cubicles. (laughs) And some alternative spaces as well to get alongside where your team is based. There's one more thing that I wanted to bring up that drives me insane. That was probably the the, the one that I understood least. I actually went and asked an interior designer to explain to me why this exists mm. because I could not fathom how this was a good idea. <laughs> so what do you think about clear glass roofs? Oh, I was just thinking about the same. They are the worst. This is they this has been my worst. worst experience, and I just I just could not this get it. This is like the worst of uh, both was, worlds. Yes, right. Like we talked about cubicles as possibly. Yeah, so yeah. sound wise, sound wise, yeah. you you have less sound coming through. Light still all goes through, mm-hmm. um, which is what the explanation that I got was that like it's the way. If you have rooms in the middle, then you're going to make them uh, glass, maybe with some. Uh, and I've seen this with some. Um, curtains light right. transparent curtains so that you could make it look private but to me that has always been the worst experience is to is to sit in the aquarium as we called it <laughs> I, I mean to me i said i felt more watched 
I yep. felt really exposed. I feel I felt like people like the meeting, whoever is in that room, whether it's a team room or a meeting room, feels like that no, anything they do, everyone else can see. I'll share something maybe because mm-hmm. I, I was looking a lot about um, like city planning, especially in, in so we are all mm-hmm. from Berlin. Um, some of us are in the mm-hmm. east side. Berlin and the east side is very interesting. And that I think that kind of relates to it. And in the east side of Berlin, during Soviet, the, the buildings were really, really high with really, really small windows um, and very steep. And the, the idea was that no matter where you are, people can see what you're doing, but you can see others. I think that's the problem. If you create an aquarium where everyone can see you, but because it's such a big space, you always feel watched. It's it's like our human nature to be fear like to fear what we're doing. And you add the visual noise to it. It's kind of it creates like a, a somewhat paranoid environment where you just feel that everyone is watching you, but you can't see anyone because there's this visual noise around you. So if anyone wants to watch me now, they can, but I don't know it. So that's kind of creepy. And I think that's it. It's the same with how the Soviets actually build their own infrastructure to scare people to do something by telling you everyone can watch you, but you will never know that someone is watching you. So you better behave. That's, I think, yeah. the biggest problem of it. I think that's a good point. And I would say I would add to that. that even even if I would go into that room and it, or, the curtains were already like drawn I would, you would still, so, so, I mean, there's one thing about make, if you're the one closing the curtain, then everybody's looking at you like, why, why or do you need this what? privacy? Why do you have um, to hide and, over But there? even if you walk in and it was already closed and you would sit in there, you, you would still feel uncomfortable. There is just, it's, and this, the psychology of this, uh, of this design, is just, was always fascinating to me. And I was like, I would just not book that room as much as possible. But I've also seen places and workplaces where the actual office team rooms were glass walls again to let more light through and it was just it's horrible it, to me it's just i can't i can't deal with it cubicles all the way please i just <laughs> something that i can't see <laughs> yeah 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 it's it's a weird solution it doesn't seem to be a solution to anything <laughs> indeed I, I agree i don't know i, I guess the, the thing is if you you kind of give an architect uh like uh, the problem space the architect thinks of something and chooses to to focus on light and and but they never worked on that situation like you the, the problem with those designs is they don't come from i don't know like continuously changing right it's just mm. like someone comes with a problem and then you do it and then you figure it out later uh, i think i i don't see a lot of those anymore i think they they mm. were trending up really quick and then they died really quick again um it feels to me like people had the same feeling that it kind of creates this uh, kind of paranoid environment. I hope at least. I think one terrible. of the things I feel a bit uh, upset about is that you see them a lot in like um, in in TV shows with like Laura, and I think it's because it allows yeah. you to, to to film more and to have more to, <laughs> to see more characters and to th- see a full office around and everything. Uh, but I feel like that TV kind of made it seem as if it's normal, as if all the cool lawyer offices and all the cool tech company offices are all like these transparent. And I feel for TV, I understand why they do it, but it's. I can't. I I don't know. It really bugs me. Yeah. It really bugs me that they that they show these spaces <laughs> as if this is normal and good and people love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, That's I, true. it's an experiment. I think the open plan office is has been an experiment for a while, and now we are understanding probably that it's not maybe the best idea in many cases, and maybe this is just yeah. another like a, a quirk or or, or 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 variation in that experiment. It's like okay, we we figured that open spaces. Mm-hmm. Totally open space is not a great idea. So maybe let's try to 
maybe the thought the thought was uh, we still kind of everybody can see everyone or see that they can actually go to anyone any moment because they can see them uh, so let's put glass walls maybe that was the <laughs> what was in the minds of the architects but I, I really liked what Ross said about uh, the problem here might be that the architects and the decision makers basically are experimenting on on these things not much data driven and not much from being uh, first in the in 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 in, in the place, so the, probably the new architects, the new age architects, must be closer to the <laughs> user, <laughs> closer to the people who are gonna be be in these spaces, uh, as well as collect more data before they decide on something. And maybe maybe some do, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, I can imagine that most of it happened just out of like, oh, we we think this is a good idea, let's just do it, and then yeah. wait twenty years to see what the results are, you know. And also. It, you can film it very nicely. I think like what Noah said, yeah. it looks nice if you take a photo of it. Cubicles don't look very nice. Rooms, closed rooms, no. they don't look very nice. Yes. That's the thing. It, it also, so when we talk about those, those designs, and we need to also remember the perspective of the designer. The designer needs to sell those things, right? And how you sell it, you have a portfolio. And here I have another historical story for you, uh, again, courtesy of my dad. Apparently in the 70s, again, I don't, I'll try to find a, a link in a reference later. There was a, a famous consultancy firm or something like this. And they were one of the first ones to do this kind of new office. And they decided to change the way they think about these things. And they did a really expensive, really beautiful office that was very, that was only sales and client facing mm. on the Champs-Élysées in Paris. Wow. Part, like, this is where you're going to invite people over. <laughs> and in order to be able to afford this, they couldn't have everybody sit there. They got a really cheap office space mm. that was based outside of Paris, like in the outskirts. And so you would normally work, and most people would work in the ugly office. But if you would have a client meeting, uh, you would book a room in the fancy office in the center. And there they created a different differentiation between what looks good and is valuable where you need things to look good and what doesn't look good and is effective and cheaper. And that's how they kind of, and that's another thing that I think we don't take into account. Like maybe one of the reasons we have open floor plans is like, uh, and that's maybe a, a little problem with our generation. We do want to work in the middle of the city. Like there, uh, I think even in Berlin, eBay has offices outside of town. And I always hear people like, oh, are you out there? Like, far far away mm. i would and i say i can say for myself i have a preference for a location that is convenient for me that is a part of my everyday life and not not to have a commute and not live outside of town right mm. part of the reason i'm in the city is to have the city life that's my personal choice and preference and if that if that's why we have an open uh, an open office then i would take it i agree completely mm. with that so i i do have one question here because we kind of talked about downsides and upsides and different approaches but the reality is that most of us still are in an open office, whether it's a team room office or yep. or just open space. What are you doing to, to reduce all the things that we said that are negatives, like the noise, yep. the visual noise? How, how are you managing it? What are your tricks that we can share with people? I mean, for me, uh, the, the audible noise, I, I kind of solve with headphones, easy. Yeah, but the visual noise is uh, more tricky. It doesn't happen often throughout the day. I mean, and I don't need to reduce visual noise. It doesn't distract me that much all like all throughout the day but there are moments when i really need to focus and visual noise becomes really distracting and in, the, in those moments i do one of two things depending on how long i think the task is going to take i either turn around and look into the wall if it's a quick thought or it's like a matter of 15 minutes 
I re- literally turn around and look into the wall, and people. I, I remember seeing colleagues looking at me. I was like, "What? What is he doing?" <laughs> um, <laughs> I end up. I end up sometimes. It's talking like when, t- <laughs> now I understand why cats do this because cats sometimes sit, you know, with their face into the wall. <laughs> Probably they just don't like us staring at them, <laughs> which is true. I guess cats don't like that. They just they needed to have a deep thought, but it's just a short one, so You're they right. didn't relocate. They just turned to the wall. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put like a cat face the next time when I do this. So I'm like, don't don't talk to me. Um, so that I do for a quick thing and I start talking to myself and to the wall and it's like sometimes it's really weird <laughs> when I think it's longer then I really need to find a space like then I go to a pri- like a, where there is a meeting room or something and I try to book which is really hard when you don't have many of those or you don't have smaller ones and then you have to book a big one which is a meeting and then others have to book it for their meetings and it is not always easy that's why I think Employers really needs to understand and then and, and, uh, to to start allowing or enabling or providing uh, these kind of spaces for 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 focus time. Let's say we have like the telephone booths, but uh, for instance, right now at Doodle we have like an open plan office, and then we have two or three booths, I guess, uh, small ones and one bigger, two small ones. They are still like with glass doors, so you can still at least maybe look into the dark wall like the actual wall and then the glasses behind you uh it reduces a lot of the visual noise for me these are the two things i need to do i mean i don't i I can't think of any other solution right what about you Raz? i think noise wise it's not a real problem as as i'm a terrible terrible manager i usually don't have time to i don't know to have a quiet time so i usually talk a lot to people or i move around but when i need to focus i actually just work from home Mm mm-hmm it, it helps. I, I share with my team, hey, I need a day where I, I need to focus on something. If you need me, ping me. I'll probably check my Slack once every X. If you really need me, call me, which is an art form that also is lost by our younger generation. People don't call anymore. They just send you a Slack message and expect you to reply. But um, I work from home because booking a meeting room doesn't really help me, especially when we have meeting rooms that are really big and I feel like I'm just taking space from others who need it, from teams. Mm-hmm. And we have those really small think, like we call it think tanks at Delivery Hero, but mm-hmm. everyone is using them because people are suffering from the same thing I'm suffering. <laughs> so I'm just packing yeah. up my stuff and going home. Um, yeah. Or yeah. I'm not showing up to work and I'm showing up way later because I need to finish mm-hmm. something. But then your proximity is definitely... Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's an issue. So I think for me, I would split it between uh, two phases. Um, so uh, I would maybe more currently as a manager or as a someone who's still even as a consultant or a freelancer, mostly works uh, when I work with others, I work at meetings um, or or I need to be around them. And for that, um, I, I don't need an, a desk to this day. I've completely given up having my own spot. It's nice when there are hot desks or just free desks around other people. And I just go and sit next to who I feel like I need to be around and in general I do a lot of walking meetings I also work from home when I need to just really get stuff done and also if an office has alternative spaces I'm usually like I take base in one of those there's a sofa that's mine people know that I'm there they find me there so if I'm not in a meeting or not in a specific team working then I mean people know which which sofa I'm at that's my alternative desk Um, but that is all very nice and convenient now that it suits my style of work 
Before this, um, when I was an individual contributor, I was really suffering um, because I did like having the two screens. I did like having a really nice ergonomic space for coding and for, for focusing. It was very important for me to be always next to other people in my function who I could help or they could help me if we need to, to pair for a moment or to just help find something or answer or demo something. Um, and I was really, really suffering. Um, I would always uh, prefer the corner, uh, what corner I can get was always like a sea of people in front of me. Really, really hard. Um, so I, I never found a really good solution for that. Because I mean, I could work from home for sure. And I would be more productive on my own, but I would lose all of the benefits of being with my team. I think those few years were the years where I just I absolutely hated my office. I was just like, and it was a fantastic office otherwise. And the, the alternative spaces were amazing. Uh, it was just, I just, it felt, it felt like, like someone is like tying my legs and asking me to go for a run. Mm-hmm. It just, I was really, those were years that I was really, really upset. And I still, and being as a manager, I'm trying to be very conscious how much I interrupt others, how much in the space that I feel more comfortable navigating now, how do they feel? And again, try to help them find alternative solutions. But, but I can't say that I have a good answer for it. <coughs> I, I, and I, I don't act- know if cubicles solve it either. Mm. I, I actually, this brings me to a, a question I have in, in mind. Uh, mm-hmm. about about definitely this this kind of being mindful uh, about uh, interaction distraction and collaboration it seems that open offices are not like necessarily improving uh, collaboration and you just said you are being mindful as a manager and what what times you need to kind of interact with certain people and how you interrupt them so this means that the whole collaboration and productivity, if we want to work on it and increase it, we should be looking somewhere else. Like that's that's how it sounds to me. Like not, it's not about the plan. It's not about the physical structure of your office necessarily or mainly, but rather a more looking to into into the mindset and the culture you have within your team and your managers. So yeah, so what I do is, is I ask people to reflect on the fact that we have flexible office and flexible time when we do. Uh, ideally, I work in a place that is able to afford that. And I ask people to be mindful of what's what's going to work for them and, and maybe also talk to their buddy about it. And I encourage the buddies as well to kind of have these kind of conversations. And I try to bring up like examples from my experience of like, I liked having the two screens. I didn't enjoy the noise. You might feel different. Earplugs, I know some people for whom earplugs solve everything. Thing. If mm. they just have this quiet, then they can really flourish in their work. Mm. Um, and what I kind of say is like, you need this is something you'll need to navigate. You'll need to figure it out how it works for you and how it works when you work with different people. And uh, there won't always be a perfect solution, but use all the flexibilities that you have and talk to others, ask others, figure out for yourself, comment if you feel like you've had ser- several meetings or several work environments and something is still bugging you then like let's bring it into our conversation mm-hmm. and also into the into the team so if, if someone is joins a team then maybe after a few weeks i would kind of ask everybody again in an open meeting for everybody hey how do you feel about the noise level how do you feel about how we work together um but but it, it has to be something that i think that's where i think it's the job of the manager it's it's nice to ask everybody to be mindful of it but the manager needs to facilitate this level of communication yes. you can't expect people to feel comfortable yes. commenting on the fact that someone else eats at their desk like that's it's just not not fair to ask that and some, sometimes really awkward as well to navigate it but as a manager it's your job to make sure that people feel as comfortable as possible and especially people who they and again like I felt I wanted to work when I was an individual contributor and I couldn't so I I, like that's a level of frustration where I don't I don't blame the contributor themselves for not being able to to work in a a way that's comfortable for them Mm. and and you find different solutions and also to to also to kind of clarify so our last question was also about um 
what what affects what, right? Like, is it the egg of the ch- right. or the chicken? It's a two-directional situation, actually, with this. Mm-hmm. So, I, uh, culture is affected by the processes, the structures, and everything around it. Mm-hmm. And on the other way around, um, the, the, the culture is affecting the processes and the structure, right? So, yep. if you change one, you actually affect the other. And I think it's more difficult to address culture directly and expect that would, that would change our communication. In reality, it's easier to change the processes or the structure, the organizational structure, and that will kind of lean into changing the structure. Like what Noah said, her being mindful about the situation is because there's a situation that she needs to be mindful about. Um, addressing it out loud doesn't really help. If you change the situation, then it kind of solves the problem for everyone. So that's why this open floor space is a problem. Mm-hmm. Because for most people, it doesn't solve the, what they want. It doesn't give them the tools they mm-hmm. need. And also it creates a culture that is not effective um, and, and basically needs to have a very, very mindful manager to kind of manage this, I don't know, minefield basically. So um, it's it's like we're putting more and more hurdles on a, on a person to, to do so and, and to kind of navigate it. And also for new joiners, it's quite terrible. Um, Maybe kind of before we wrap it up, um, I do want to say, yeah. because we kind of talked a lot of, I don't know, negativity about the open space. <laughs> I will say this, as, as far as team open space, which we kind of agree that is, m- let's say our preferred solution with what's currently available to us. As a manager, I find it to be lovely. Um, as a person who never sat in an office by, by myself, I, and I don't want to, um, bouncing between um, different team spaces and just having a hot desk in each, not as to spy, but just to kind of, feel the vibe kind of get uh, like feel the atmosphere of the of the individual contributors and people are actually are the productive people um was really lovely and um i would say that at least in that regards if you have a good culture where there's no feeling like the managers are just spying on you but actually just serving you uh, it it inv- it invites people to join those team rooms and just to sit and just kind of absorb the, the atmosphere and i think that's a really kind of nice positive thing I think there are better ways to do it, but at least in that regards, we can. As a manager, I see also that this is a positive. I can bounce around. I can at least get some more feelings of what's going on. Um, but again, you need to be a very mindful manager and to have a very specific culture for this, not to feel like you're spying on people. Hmm. Yeah. I can tell you from my 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 perspective as individual contributor so far, uh, being managed <laughs> in these kind of plans. What I like about it is. Uh, I mean, I haven't. Thankfully, I have never worked with micromanagers or managers who make me feel that they are spying on me, and that that was great. So, but, but we I can work imagine. together. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that one, that came close, but not really that. <laughs> no, I mean you, you were you were the best <laughs> in that regard. Aww, I, I mean, I, I wish I I, I had so you sweet. more more around actually. Um, uh, okay, so uh, what I think what I liked about it is. Uh, personally uh even as a developer who sometimes wants like this two hours uninterrupted to focus on a certain engineering task because i need to to kind of keep all the information in my head in order to kind of not miss something or whatever uh, i can't work for an extended time alone i i never been able to study alone and i don't i cannot work alone there should be people around me if there is no people around me i can't work i it's like I'm missing the reason for work, you know? It, it's just people around me and life around me is the reason that makes me do things I do. <laughs> just, I don't know. It's like uh, that deep in, in my personality that 
Alpine Office really provided with so much of that that it really encourages me a lot of time to do to do my work in a in a in a very uh, uh, with a very positive mo mood, let's say, uh, in the least, uh, the least. Um, with all the problems it comes with. Yes, th this for me has always been a, a a positive side, and I like it for that reason. Uh, and that's why I, I I never really made a fuss about it in, in any place I worked. And it's like okay, there are like some problems for me personally, which is like I need sometimes some focus so I can find a solution for myself. But never got to a point where I can't stand the visual noise or anything like that. So it was managed, and I got the benefit out of it for me personally. And I can imagine many. I mean, in your cases, you're both managers by now, and and or in a freelance situation, it's different struggle or different experience of it. Yeah. So that's my 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 perspective on, on on it yeah so i think for me if, if i could have if there were no other limitations no architectural or budget or anything i would ideally have every team have a shared space that's very flexible and every person have a private space mm. um and that you could you could so because i do think it's important to have you know if, if a, a natural space where we come together kind of like the dining room table for a family like it's just like this room where you come together um And when other people are looking for you, they can find you, but having ideally like also your own, some sort of private space. And, and like I said, the way I solve it is, is by going to these alternative spaces or working from home for a bit. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I keep, and I keep wondering as, as you were talking, Anna, like how much as a manager, it works, it works so well for me. Um, and I think um, how much of these decisions are made by managers <laughs> who for more years have had the experience of this is great. And how much do, do individual contributors get yeah. to, to voice their opinions of what are the actual problems and, and getting them solved? I hope that at big companies, probably they, they survey this very heavily and, and try to take get to everybody but i guess in, in smaller when you're trying to figure it out in the beginning it might very well be that it's it gets solved based on what's good for management yeah. and and that's a shame i i i love so much what you said before about about you as a manager try, trying to communicate with your team uh, uh, and uh, try to understand their problems and give them the space to talk about this kind of uh, this side of problem of their seating and, and structure and all that that i think that's so important and sometimes overlooked and Now, if I think about it, like I can't remember when was the last time, in a retrospective, anybody raised an issue that is related to the space uh, structure or like seating and all that stuff. It comes up from every while and then, but not that often. And I can imagine that sometimes people want maybe to say something, but they don't for because they think it's maybe unpopular opinion or something. But if you oppose like this open plan office, then you might uh, you everybody will hear it negatively like oh this is this is we should collaborate and all that and take it so i think also a lot of people just take it as a given like how can yeah, we change the walls yeah <laughs> exactly so yeah I, i think we we don't think so much about it uh, uh perhaps we don't even maybe people don't realize that some of their problems come from this uh, uh more than anything else so yeah. i think as a manager as you said it's great if you if if managers would be more mindful about this and kind of address it more proactively for that's for sure. And I would love for my manager to always do that. <laughs> for sure. I, I lose sleep about uh, the things that, I, so if something I experienced, then I can ask, but if it's something I didn't experience, no one else has a different problem than what I did. then mm. that's where I lose sleep about it. But the things I don't know to, or my blind spots, right. what I can't, I don't know to ask or to worry about though. That's where I'm like, yeah. but the, that's going back to the <laughs> good manager, bad manager and how, <laughs> yeah. how hard that job is. It is. Oh, <laughs> and yes. how, 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 why do we choose to do it? <laughs> <laughs> <You're> idiots. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, you're crazy. born managers, I guess. <laughs> uh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think maybe to sum up, to mm -hmm. kind of round uh, round this thing up, anything we've talked uh, about our feelings and uh, and our our sometimes very strong feelings Ooh, about so it. So much and, feelings, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and the connection between how how it works for you and how you feel about it and how it, it changes also through mm -hmm. time, through different jobs and through different spaces. Um, we talked a little bit about the background of why uh, why we even have open plan office and how it changed it and how it has to do with a little bit with the buildings we're at and with conditions that maybe are also positive, like making sure that everybody has access to natural light. Um, and a little bit of different setups, um, completely open, partial open, with some walls somewhere, uh, some glass walls, regular walls, all sorts of alternative spaces, team rooms. Um, and I think we also touched a bit about how we deal with it when it's not working well for us or for others around us. Um, so what what do we what does work for us when we can use it, the flexibility to 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 work for us, but also that we sometimes just work from home, use earplugs, turn to the wall, be a cat, um, and, <laughs> and kind of just decide to, to act differently within that space. Um, and, and then I guess to, to maybe s s touch about it a little bit is that how, how much we would like to encourage you all to talk about this and communicate uh, other people in your team other people in your office not in the sense of like how i mean yeah feel free to complain i think but uh but not in the sense of like i, I am complaining about things that are unchangeable but how do we navigate the space mm. how do we what what is good for you what isn't for me um what what could help us get more productivity out of this or more interaction and again really think about proximity who who you're next to uh who you could be more next to And how much, and, and take into account that some people really need a set space for their work and some people don't. Uh, and just maybe encourage everybody to kind of have a, have a conversation about mm -hmm. their environment and how they're dealing with it. And, and consider when new people come that you might need to redo that conversation to incorporate them. Sounds like a great summary. Did I, did I miss something? <laughs> I don't think so. Did I forget? <laughs> no. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think we have an episode. Yes, <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, yeah, uh, so you can follow us on Twitter, uh, Checkpoint Charlie, or uh, yeah, Checkpoint underscore C. Uh, that's our tweet uh, handle, <laughs> Twitter handle. So you can find us on LinkedIn, and uh, you can find us all on all major uh, podcast platforms, Spotify, uh, iTunes, and uh, make sure to always google checkpoint charlie podcast on google and you will also end up on our blog <laughs> and we sometimes uh, ask you for your input or feedback on yes. uh, twitter and linkedin so feel free to engage us and uh, and uh, i think at this point we still have some swag to give away so if you, oh, yes, if you dm us yes. on twitter you can get some stickers or pins and we're very happy to, to share that with our audience and also we are reaching uh, like we're close to 20k uh, so we thought to do something really 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 special for that um, so just follow so us so help Twitter. us yeah exactly <laughs> and, and let us define what is the special thing that we're going to do for 20k lessons yeah yeah awesome blossom alright so thank you everybody have a fantastic weekend and until the next recording ciao ciao